Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Straight ahead on The Insiders, it's a clash of ideas. Bernie Sanders says Medicare for all is the only option to fix the health care system. Joe Biden says it's the wrong option and his option is what the country really needs. Both of those Democratic presidential candidates will join us this week. Hey, suburban women, are you reluctant to say publicly that you want President Donald Trump to get reelected even though you really want that? Well, Tana Gertz is here because she wants to help you find your voice. And in the Insider's Quick Six, women have become a much bigger force in politics. We'll have one woman's opinion on what women will want most in the next election. Welcome to the Insiders. I doubt that you've heard a politician say our health care system is perfect, right? Too many complaints that it's too expensive, too many people don't have access to what they need, and numerous other complaints. Well, Democratic presidential candidate Bernie Sanders favors a Medicare for all system where the federal government would essentially take over the health care system and private health insurance providers would essentially disappear, or just about disappear. Well, three to 4,000 Iowans may want to know if their jobs will also disappear. They are the ones, according to state estimates, about how many people work in that business right now in our state. I asked the senator about their future. Their jobs go away here, right? So what There's happens? It's going to be to a just transition. We are going to end up having more people working in health care than we do right now. But people are not necessarily going to be on the telephone telling you why you're not entitled to the to the uh, policy that you thought you were. We're going to have people working in healthcare, uh, doing better, much better in terms of disease prevention, doing much better in terms of the provision of healthcare. So how long do those folks get to transition? It'll be a four-year transition. Uh, so that's going to cause some disruption. It'll Look, it will cause, you have a system that cannot be defended. All right? You cannot have, continue a system in which 87 million people are uninsured or underinsured, a system where our people are being forced to pay the highest prices in the world for prescription drugs. And in my view, we need to move to a system similar to that which exists in every other major country on earth, and that is healthcare for all is a human right. In this country, Medicare for all. Uh, can you talk about another one of your big ones, uh, helping people with college debt? Yes. Uh, our numbers here, those with debt, it's somewhere around $30,000. If you have college debt, that's what you have. All right, so your idea would wipe that away. Yep. Uh, so for those folks who had a bunch of debt, worked two jobs, did whatever they did yep. to pay it off already, uh, did they mess up and not wait for you to get elected or what? Well, I mean, d- does it make them a little bitter, though? You know what I mean? No, because but you see, they- what people should be bitter about, I'll tell you what we should be bitter about. We should be bitter that two years ago, under Trump, we gave over a trillion dollars in tax breaks to the top 1% in large private corporations. We should be pretty bitter that after the crooks on Wall Street destroyed our economy, we not only provided them with the largest bailout in history, we gave them trillions of dollars from the Fed in zero interest loans. That's what we should be bitter about. But trying to help a generation, a new generation, which were told, go to college and you're gonna go out and get decent jobs, 
Well, it turns out they went to college, they came out fifty, hundred thousand dollars in debt in some cases. And the jobs that they have have not enabled them to pay off that debt. Now, when we cancel all student debt, which is what I believe that we should, that means that people are going to finally be able to go out, get married, and have kids. It means they're going to be able to start small businesses. It means they're economically going to get their lives together in a way that they can't do it right now. So I think it is the right thing to do for a generation that unless we reach out and help that generation, we'll likely have a lower standard of living than their parents. You talked about the previous tax cuts. It sounds like the president's at least floated the idea of maybe doing some kind of payroll tax cut now as they start seeing these economic numbers that could be questionable in some people's minds. Uh, is that a good move or not? Well, you have, you know, and drive up the deficit a lot more. We have a president right now uh, who gave over a trillion dollars in tax breaks to the top 1%, a president who tried to throw 32 million people off of the health insurance that they have a president who refuses to raise the minimum wage uh, to a living wage. Uh, so this president is going to have to do a lot of work uh, in order to uh, help the working families of this country. As you stand there, you do speeches nonstop. So you have to decide, how do I talk about Donald Trump? Uh, some people looking back at 16, the way that election worked out, they complain that the Democrats in some way, especially once you were out of the race, uh, focus too much on Trump. We saw that in congressional races, the presidential race and such. How do you decide when you're standing up there how to talk about the president versus how to talk about your well, issues? Well, you just heard me speak, I think, in which I did mention Trump, to be sure. Uh, and I think you have to. Uh, I think you have to point out to people that, sadly, he is a pathological liar. And it doesn't matter what he says today, it'll likely change tomorrow, and that he really cannot be, be believed. And that is a sad thing to have to say about a president of the United States. Uh, on the other hand, if you, all you do is spend your time on Trump, Trump, and Trump, you're going to lose the election. We need an election which is going to generate energy, which is going to generate excitement. And the only way I know that is to have a vision for the future of this country. And that bottom line vision is to say that finally we're going to have a government and an economy that work for all of us, not just the 1%. What does that mean? We do what every other major country does, guarantee health care as a human right. We raise the minimum wage to a living wage. We make public colleges and universities tuition free. We cancel student debt. And oh, by the way, we end the absurdity of three people in America owning more wealth than the bottom half of the country. And many of these people and their corporations pay virtually nothing in taxes. So we demand that we have a fair tax system, which says to the 1%, that says to large profitable corporations, you are going to start paying your fair share of taxes. Now, former VP Joe Biden agrees with Senator Sanders that the health care system must improve, just not through Medicare for all. So we come back how Biden makes his argument about this issue. Electability may not seem like a campaign bumper sticker message, or maybe it is. Jill Biden's been pushing that quality as a reason voters should support her husband in 2020. Now, Joe Biden's opponents aren't so sure that's enough. New Jersey's Cory Booker and Indiana's Pete Buttigieg both warning Democrats to not just play it safe here. I asked the former VP about those warnings. I hope we start to have debates that actually talk about what we're going to do. <laughs> actually talk about what our policy is on agricultural policy, what our policy is on, on health care, what our policy is on all these issues. Look, I don't, uh, I, I don't look at the poll. I mean, I know the polls. I hear, I'm always asked, they're up, down, whatever, and, and you know, everybody's climbing. And, but, you know, th this, this is a marathon. 
This is a marathon. We're a long way from the people making decisions. The point that my wife was making is that we have to defeat Donald Trump. So if you're in a position where you want somebody to agree with you on 100% of the time and you find somebody who does that but you don't think they can win, you have someone who agrees with you 90% of the time and can win, that's a choice you have to make. What's the most important thing to do is get rid of Donald Trump. Whether I'm that person or not remains to be seen. I've got to earn it. Uh, you talked about health care. We talked earlier today with Bernie Sanders. He's talking about Medicare for all. Mm. It's got to be the only way here because what you want to do, what some others want to do, at the end of the day, it's not going to prevent some people from going broke. Not everybody's going to have health insurance. Not everybody's going to be able to pay their bills. Well, I think he's wrong. And I'm the only, I don't know anybody who has the same position I have. The position I have is to rebuild Obamacare, provide for a public option, and increase the subsidies to get in the marketplace so that you don't pay any more than $1,000 in a copay if, if, if that occurs, and, uh, um, and allow anybody who wishes to have the policy they have with their employer, if they like it, to be able to keep it if the employer keeps it, and or if they don't, they can join the alternative we provide for the Medicare option. And so anybody who is in a position where they're on, a, uh, uh, on Medicaid, they automatically be enrolled with no cost. In addition to that, we also have a mechanism to control drug prices. You know, the, it's, it's not, we're no longer using chemical-based things. All this thing dealing with cancers and other issues relating to the immune system are bio-oriented. They're very expensive, and we should set up a system, which I propose, which I will if I'm elected president, that allows the folks at HH, the, the, the folks at health and uh, the, the health department in the United States, HHS, to be able to go out and bring together outside experts and make a judgment when there's a patent being sought by a drug company, what that patent, what, what it's worth, what the range is, set that number. And then you're not able to raise that drug price unless beyond the cost of inflation and health care. So there's a lot of things we can do. But, you know, and it costs a lot of money. It costs about $750 billion, and I'm talking about over 10 years. But it's not, it's not $30 trillion. And it is, will cover everybody, and we'll do it quickly. And there will be nothing lost between the cup and the lip. Uh, but isn't he right? Isn't, uh, isn't really Medicare the, for all the true, only true way to get everybody guaranteed coverage? No, he's not right. Why? I just explained but, to you But why. under yours, everybody's got coverage? Everybody will be able to have coverage, yes. What, what, what do you think at the core of this? How's your party going to settle this argument? Because you've got a lot of passion on both sides, right? Yeah, well, I think it's going to be up to the people of Iowa and the early states as well as... Uh, as what's going on around the country. And uh, look, I mean, you got, uh, you know, got a, about 160 million people like their own health insurance program. I just spoke to the union guys. They gave up a lot on wages over the years to be able to get a really good health care coverage. They shouldn't have to give it up if they want to keep it. If they want to give it up, they can. They can buy into the Medicare option in my proposal. But look, um, it's a... Uh, uh, I, I don't think, I think we should build on what took a long time to get done, increase what, and do what we wanted to do in the beginning, provide a Medicare-like option, deal with the cost of drugs and healthcare costs associated with drugs, also covering things that, for example, in the Medicare for All, and by the way, I, I believe the, the most honest guy in this is Bernie Sanders. He's, he's acknowledging it. 
He said it's going to take a significant increase in cost to middle class people. They're going to have to pay just like you do. You pay in now on, on your Social Security. You got to pay up to 5%. You know, and so again, I, I don't, I don't want to, I'm not trying to in any way suggest he's not totally sincere, but he's talking about this is going to take a long time for it to happen. And even, even if, in fact, it passes, they're talking about a four-year period for it to be, and now others are talking about longer time. Let's do what we know works, and let's get it done now so there's no, nothing missed between the cup and the lip. And if there's just like Social Security, if anything finds out there's a, there's a, a loss somewhere along the line, something mixed, we can fix it. Fascinating debate ahead for Democrats on this health care issue. All right, when we come back, no debating for Tana Gertz. She knows who she's supporting next year, the president. She'll tell us how she will try to convince other women to do the same and do it publicly. If you are a woman in a traditionally battleground state like Iowa, Michigan, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Virginia, Ohio, Florida, Minnesota, just to name several, you might get some extra attention. People like Tana Gertz are the reason. She helped to lead an event in our state this past week. It was called Evening to Empower, and it's really part of a national campaign effort to get women more comfortable with publicly showing their support for President Donald Trump. Welcome back. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. All right, so uh, why would women be hesitant? Well, you know, it's just what they, uh, they're fearful of expressing their love and support for this president because of the backlash that we see on the news. Uh, you see on social media that people like myself who proclaim their love for this great president, we get attacked. And it takes a really thick skin to be able to say, I don't care what people think. I, I like a man who's showing me results. So some people are fearful, but we're going to change that. Well, didn't Democratic women who backed Obama go through the same thing? Absolutely not. Uh, Obama and, and President Trump are two different uh, presidents. Oh no, totally. But but no, they the didn't right go. Didn't like Obama. No, they the the right aren't attacking, and they're not hate filled. Uh, I've seen both sides of it. So and I, I and even though I work for the president, I am biased in this. I'm not biased. I see well, both sides. Toward him. I'm biased towards <laughs> him, of course. Right. But I'm being honest when I say I've seen uh, how both parties react. We are logical. We uh, take emotion out of it most of the time. And the Democrats are very hate-filled, and they want to get in your face, and they want to fight. And we're about love. We're not about fight. You can go through uh, three and a half years of my posts, and you won't see one negative, ugly thing. you're not going to say the president's not a fighter. I'm not going to say the president's right. not a fighter, but I'm going to say I'm not a fighter. And uh, the people that I associate with and that have come aboard the Women for Trump campaign are classy and wonderful women, and, and they're not looking for a fight. So okay. that is not a good comparison. Uh, what's your secret sauce so what do you what's the game plan how do you get people to get more comfortable well I'm gonna tell the great stories that I have personally knowing this president for 15 years I'm gonna tell the stories of how he's changed my life how my daughter who is a student going to the University of Iowa is studying stem how he has helped with that career how he is the economic growth the successes I'm gonna I'm gonna highlight his track record. I'm going to talk about the things that are important to women, and that is Dave's security. We want to know that when we lay our heads down at night, we have a president that is not going to allow terrorists and not going to allow illegal immigrants in here. So safety, security, economic growth, education, tax cuts. So I'm going to, my secret sauce is going to be tell the stories of how he's changed my life, 
uh, how he supports women, and how he's made us a top priority in his presidency. I'm going to empower them, I'm going to inspire them, and I'm going to motivate them, and then activate them to, to be willing to say that I support this president and to rally around uh, their friends to get people to actually go to work and volunteer for the 2020 campaign. Now, are you going after women who already back the president, but maybe just don't talk about it in public? Or are you trying to get those who are not behind the president? I'm trying to get any woman to be more comfortable sharing uh, her love and her respect and her admiration and support for this great president. I don't care if you voted for him in 2016. Uh, I don't care if you've door knocked for him or if you didn't. All women are welcome and, and we're embracing all ladies and, and can't wait. Uh, independence in particular, you have a long way to go to win them over, at least according to the polls. What's, what's not connected there? Well, I don't believe the polls, and <laughs> the polls had Hillary Clinton winning she in 2016. She did win the popular vote, well, so that's what the polls would show. Well, I'm just saying I don't believe the polls. I believe the voters. I believe the people that I hear the stories from. So the independents, I think that my strategy is going to be to educate them on his track record. He made a lot of promises, and he's delivering on those promises and keeping those promises, and if the women that are on the fence are like me and I'm a results-driven individual, um, I want to see results. And this is a president that has delivered on his promises and has proven great results for women. Uh, the president has pushed back, and pushed back, and I saw a statement from you as well about this concern that we could be headed for an economic downturn. Uh, the president has said the media really just want to see this happen. But um, how do you how do you calm people who might be thinking are things slowing down here? Well, that's a great question. The recession, I believe, is a complete scam. Um, uh, we just had a business tour in the state of Iowa where we got a bunch of business owners around a round table and we discussed what's your business doing? How's your business doing? What are your numbers? And the, the economic uh, success has been outstanding. People were saying they were drinking from a fire hose. They can't find employees to work. Uh, there isn't a recession. That is that is a scam in my opinion. And so I just say, hey, I'm a business owner in Iowa and my business is booming and, and just ask your friends. And most of the time they go and ask their friends who are business owners and they say, we're doing great. Not to mention the tax cuts and being able to have more money for, you know, credit for having children, you know, that, that doubled. Now you get $2,000 back uh, where before it wasn't that way. So more money's going into women's pockets and that excites a lot of women. All right, I have a few more, actually six more questions for you. So if you can hang tight for the quick six. Sure. All right. First though, when we come back, why an Iowan with a new job knows the meaning of sacrifice and so does his family. We'll hear from him next. Major General Benjamin Carell knows sacrifice. He is Iowa's new adjutant general. He signed up for the National Guard back in 1986. That means his wife and the three sons who have followed him have all sacrificed over the years as he has deployed six times and his three sons have all deployed. 20,000 other Iowans have deployed since 9-11. They've shared in this sacrifice too and he knows it. I, I'm usually pretty comfortable uh, when I'm deployed as far as taking care of the soldiers and airmen that are under my care. Uh, I'm always concerned about the families, especially in a reserve component mobilization, because we're so demographically dispersed across the state. And so there's work to do there. We'll continue, and I will focus on that. All three of my sons have deployed uh, under my command uh, previously. Uh, they've served, uh, all three of my sons served in the Sinai with me. Uh, my youngest son, Tyler, served in my battalion in Iraq, 
and my oldest son, Wade, served with me in Afghanistan as a brigade commander. So I am prepared. Uh, that's why uh, I look at my wife and uh, say, uh, I, I know what other families feel when a loved one is, is away, and it's near and dear to my heart. A lot of sacrifice in that family. When we come back, Tana Gertz returns for the Insider's Quick Six. All right, back with Tana Gertz for the Insider's Quick Six. Question one, how much longer will Iowans have to be patient with this trade war? A year. Okay. Uh, question two, your whole effort, part of your whole effort is to entice women to get behind the president. If you could pick one issue, what do you think women really want when it, they want a president for 2020? Security, safety. Okay. Uh, question three, is Donald Trump a role model for our kids? Oh, role model. I wouldn't say he's a leader. I wouldn't say a role model, but I would say he is a leader. Okay, a uh, top quality that you've observed in him to make him a good leader. He's very decisive. Uh, Donald Trump makes his decisions. He's very smart. He's in su super intelligent. So uh, he takes everything into account and processes, processes it and then is very decisive. So I'd say his intellect. Okay, question five is really a math question here, but in 2016, he carried 93 of our 99 counties, right? That's a pretty overwhelming total. For 2020, how many do you think he can carry this far out? Of Ooh, I'll say 96. Even higher, wow. Okay, all right, prediction to close out here. My prediction is Sean Spicer does not win Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> <laughs> no moves. I don't know. I know the guy. Uh, he's a nice man, but I, I don't, I predict he won't win it. Don't see that. All right. Appreciate the time. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. No offense, Sean Spicer. Yeah. Thanks for being with us. Let's stay connected throughout the week. We'll see you next time for the Insiders. <laughs>